Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> Welcome. Glad to see you've returned once again, or did you ever really leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop? But glad to see you back all the same, and this time I've got something extra special for you. I've been saving this. It's a, a hook. Maybe used for grabbing large slabs of beef. Maybe used for a hand. It's quite old. Maybe back from the 1800s, late 1800s, I'm guessing. And, uh, and never mind the reddish hue to it. That's probably just old paint. Or on second thought, smells a bit coppery. That may be blood. This hook, much like the one, or maybe it is the one, used by the late Daniel Robitaille. You may know him as the Candyman. And there just happens to be a spiritual sequel, if not a reboot of the Candyman series. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at 2021's Candyman. Warning, spoilers haunt the tales ahead. Now you can't take a look at 2021's Candyman without going back to the roots of Candyman. Of course, Candyman, the original film from 1992, was based off a Clive Barker uh, novella, short story, and the Books of Blood, it was called The Forbidden, which featured a uh, character... Uh, she's doing her dissertation on graffiti in in, uh, in an area in, I believe, London. And, of course, comes across all these uh, all this graffiti art, uh, talking about sweets to the sweet. And finally, hears about the Candyman uh, folklore. And the story progresses, much like we see in the 1992 film. The, the 1992 film, directed by, directed by Bernard Rose, was fairly faithful to the source material with Clive Barker's uh, The Forbidden. I mean, they did make some changes. Instead of it being in London, it's in Chicago. Instead of being more of a story about uh, class, it, it became more of a, a story about race. Uh, and, and all, you know, changes, I, I'm never one, I hate change for change's sake, uh, when it doesn't make sense, but when you can make a change to tell a story in maybe a slightly different way by like this, you know, changing, uh, class issues to race issues. I think that's, uh, a great way to change a film, but still stay true to the source material. And that's what Bernard Rose did with this story. And uh, 1992's Candyman, uh, uh, a very good story. It was one of those stories where I, I just recently watched it for the first time. Um, it, it came out in 92. And in the early 90s, for me, uh, the slasher genre was getting a little bit stale. Now, I wish I had watched this back then and not written it off uh, so easily because uh, I thought this was something different. This truly was something different from what was going on because by this time we were getting into, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, what was it, four, five, six, somewhere around there. Jason's, you know, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Uh, we were starting to get some of the horrible 
spinoffs like Shocker and things like that. And and to me, like Nightmare on Elm Street, I loved the first few, but then kind of in the later ones, it became the Freddy Krueger comedy hour. And it was just all about jokes. And Friday the 13th just became a, uh, let's put Jason somewhere else and we'll take him to Manhattan. And it just kind of went away from what was so good about the original movies and the original sequels. Uh, and, and I kind of wrote off, I was getting a little jaded and disenfranchised with the horror genre. And, uh, I saw Candyman. Oh, Candyman is just going to be some, you know, you know, crappy early nineties, uh, slasher film. Uh, and I never watched it. My sister, I talked about this in, I believe the, uh, episode we did on the horror noir, uh, documentary and I kind of talked about how my sister went to see it and she kind of told me about it and really uh, <laughs> I love you sis but uh, she didn't really give me a good sense of what uh, what Candyman was about so it really did nothing to make me want to watch this so I, I didn't watch it for the longest time then I watched Horror Noir and I saw what uh, Candyman represented to a lot of uh, black American um filmmakers and actors and writers and i was like well you know what maybe maybe i do maybe i wrote this off a little too soon you know however many close to 30 some years later but uh i uh, i was like well no i need to watch this because you know if this means that much uh to the black community in in the horror genre uh then you know i need to see what i what i mistook and what I was missing out on. And really, I, I watched it for the first time the other day, uh, the 1992 uh, Candyman, and really was, uh, it, it was not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, not what I thought it was going to be back in 1992, I should say. Uh, it was such a, a beautiful film. Bernard Rose did a, a great job uh, making it uh, not necessarily an art house piece, but just the way the the intro, the opening credits, uh, just the way that was filmed uh, with the the organ music, and it was just so artful and kind of built this ethereal feel that I think uh, went throughout the movie that was kind of akin to the the feel that Clive Barker had in the Forbidden Short Story. Uh, it really kind of Bernard Rose did a great job in building that kind of unearthly, ethereal feel uh, throughout the movie that that you got in that original story, and uh, and the acting was great. I, I thought everybody did a fantastic job. Uh, Virginia Madsen plays Helen Lyle. She's a, an undergrad student uh, doing a paper with her with her colleague Bernadette, played by Cassie Lemons. And they're doing it in, in the short story. It's graffiti. Helen's doing her dissertation on, but in this, that's uh, folklore and urban legends. And they come across this story of the candy man. And this is all kind of set in the Cabrini green, uh, housing projects in Chicago. Um, which, you know, at the time had a really bad reputation uh, for murder and, and things of that source. And, uh, so it kind of, goes to this area and she's uh, investigating kind of what happened with this murder that was attributed to the candy man she meets uh vanessa williams character Anne marie mccoy 
um, who has a young baby uh, named Anthony. Um, I'm not going to give away the whole movie. Uh, you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, but Candyman uh, kind of gets summoned. Uh, it, it, it's kind of funny because it's the whole thing is just say Candyman in the mirror five times and he's supposed to appear. And there's so many times people say it and he doesn't appear. But it, it's not so much a physical appearance as him being conjured, I, I think. And he does get conjured and he starts affecting Helen and starts murdering people and she's um, she's been blamed for it, framed for it. Um, you get into the um, the story between uh, Candyman and Helen, uh, how she's uh, uh, I guess essentially a reincarnation or a reincarnation in spirit of this woman that this character Daniel Robitaille was the uh, son of a freed slave uh, who who was well-to-do. His father invented uh, a piece of equipment that uh, made him quite wealthy. Daniel was a, a painter and painted for the rich and the famous and then got uh, a white girl pregnant and then was was tortured for it. The father of the, the girl he got pregnant uh, hired hooligans to go chase him down. They cut off his hand, put a hook in it. Uh, they smeared him with honey, and bees stung him to death, and they burned his body, and now he is this vengeful spirit. And Helen is the, the spiritual reincarnation, if you will, of this woman that he fell in love with. And... Um, and he's trying to to bring her into the uh, the afterworld, the afterlife with him. Uh, essentially, kill her so she and him can be uh, remembered forever. the 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 story gets a little confusing in this original Candyman uh, because you know he wants to kill her so she can be immortal like him, and he wants people to remember him and say his name. He gets power from from the rumor, but. People already believed in him, in, you know, in this uh, Cabrini Green uh, project. Uh, I, I don't know. It was it was a little confusing as to what the motivation for Candyman was completely. Uh, that was, I think, the one failing uh, on 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 the part of of this first Candyman, the 1992 Candyman. You really, it, it was a little confusing as to what motivated Candyman. Was he there for Helen? Did he want to be remembered? I don't know. But at any rate, Candyman um, steals uh, Vanessa Williams, uh, who, who plays Anne-Marie, uh, steals her baby Anthony, puts him on the, they have this big, uh, they're getting ready for this big party. And they've got all this old furniture and stuff out in this huge uh, you know, ready for a huge bonfire, and and Anthony is tucked away in there. Helen goes to save him. Uh, this little kid who uh, who Helen has befriended, Jake. He uh, he gets his his buddies, and they go. He thinks the Candyman's out there. They're gonna burn the the uh, the pyre, and essentially Candyman. And there again, it's a, it's another thing where Candyman is. Uh, a spirit in some sense. People can't see him except for Helen. Then in other senses, he's a physical being. That was another thing that was a little bit confusing. Um, 
uh, you know, Helen's being framed for all these murders. And I think one of the things that could have been played on that would have been more interesting is to make it feel like she's going crazy and Candyman isn't real. And then the reveal that he is real at the end would have been an interesting way to take it. But you get this, um, this whole thing where he's there uh, for her, but he's not there for other people. And then in the final scene, she stabs him, which if he's not, it's it's all <laughs> quite confusing. But there again, you have to have some suspension of disbelief. But at any rate, she kills Candyman. He burns up. She saves the baby Anthony and dies in doing that, uh, gets burnt to death. And, and there is Candyman 1992, uh, which, like I said, I, I can't talk about the new one, which is the focus of this podcast uh, today, without talking that. So we jump almost 30 years into the future, into the present day. And one of the things I, I, I thought was really cool, I didn't get it at first, but we meet this character, Anthony. Uh, who's played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. And it is the adult version of little baby Anthony from the first uh, Candyman movie, which uh, uh, I thought was a, a nice twist, uh, a really interesting way to tie in uh, because this this new Candyman in 2021 is essentially a, a spiritual sequel and a reboot all wrapped into one. Of course, uh, directed by Anaya DaCosta and Yahya is uh is kind of the lead character um his his girlfriend uh Brianna Cartwright played by uh Tayana Paris of course you may know her uh she played uh, Monica Rambeau in the WandaVision uh series for Disney Plus um he's an artist she uh, runs a, an art gallery and they learn about the Candyman um, story, legend, from uh, Brianna's brother, Troy, uh, played by Nathan Stewart Jarrett uh, and his boyfriend, uh, Grady, played by Kyle Kaminsky. And it's such a, a fun and funny opening scene. They're doing this dinner party. Uh, there's lots of jokes about, uh, about wine and... Uh, Troy, uh, you know, wants to tell the scary story. So he turns out the lights, lights a couple candles and they, they kind of play off the, you know, him trying to make it spooky, but he tells the tale of a candy man. And of course this piques Anthony's uh, curiosity. He's looking for new inspiration. He wants to do a show. Uh, they want, you know, He's trying to, to give them his old stuff. He's They want new and improved and fresh ideas from him. So he's looking for fresh ideas. So he ends up uh, uh, going and searching out uh, this Candyman story and, and where this story came from, the uh, Cabrini Green area. And, and I think where the, the first book, or uh, for the for the first story, the forbidden kind of played off of um, uh, class issues. The Candyman movie, the first one, kind of played off race issues. Uh, this one still deals with race, but kind of brings in gentrification into the into the mix. And um, there's a lot of a lot of metaphor, a lot of things to to delve into if you want to with that. Um, but it's it's such a, a spooky atmospheric story uh i think 
uh, Naya, uh, Naya DaCosta does a fantastic job where um, Bernard Rose did the same thing, setting a mood. Uh, the opening credits for this movie was not a... It, it wasn't... It wasn't just the Bernard Rose intro uh, opening credit scene um, redone. Uh, Naya DaCosta did it in a new way, but still in that same uh, kind of spiritual feel that kind of makes it uh, a great bookend for for these you know these movies. Uh, if you look at it, is uh, Candyman of the Old, Candyman of the New, it, and and you know there were a couple sequels in in the middle there, but uh, it was a great spiritual retelling, uh, if you will, of the original opening credit scene, uh, done differently. You know the the perspective of the camera and the buildings was haunting and creepy, and it kind of otherworldly. And that's the same feel. It wasn't the same. I guess what I'm trying to say is it wasn't the same as the 92 opening credit uh, scene, but it kind of brought about those same uh, uneasy feelings and that same ethereal feeling and unearthly feeling and just a, a fantastic way to open the movie. And you get that again, like Bernard Rose uh, kept that theme going throughout the movie. Uh, Naya DaCosta did the same thing, kept that feeling throughout this movie. And, you know, you go and get Anthony investigating things. He comes across a guy who, um, as we find out, uh, experienced the Candyman uh, in the 70s. Of course, uh, William Burke is the character uh, played by Coleman uh, Domingo. Again, another uh, great actor. Uh, he played that part so well because you go from uh, the sympathy and empathy you feel for him and what he went through as a kid uh, that he brings across in the telling of the story of meeting the Candyman uh, to where he ends up at the end of the movie, which we'll get to. Uh, just a, a range that uh, I found fun. I bought into it and it was a... Uh, not a twist. I guess you could say it's kind of a twist uh, at the end. But it was just uh, done so very well. And Colin De Coleman Domingo, uh, his acting really made that all happen. Uh, just a, a fantastic job on his part. But Anthony gets stung by a bee. And he uh, he starts to change. It, it's, it's almost like he got infected. By the Candyman, so to speak. Uh, he starts to change, starts uh, seeing the Candyman. And it's not the Candyman that we know. Uh, it's a it's another actor. Um, of course, the character's name is Sherman Fields, who is the Candyman, played by uh, Michael Hargrove. And in the 70s, uh, he, was, uh, he had a hook hand and... He was falsely accused of planting razor blades in candy, and he was killed by uh, police officers. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not the Candyman from the first movie. That's not Daniel Robitaille. That's not Tony Todd. And uh, but it all you know it all makes sense later. But at the time, I'm like, well, what are they retcon in the story? I thought Tony Todd was reprising his role as Candyman. Anyway, he hears the story from from the William Burke character, uh, and 
he gets infected, starts seeing this version, this uh, Sherman Fields version of the Candyman, and uh, people start dying. And much like the first one, he kind of isn't blamed for it right away, but he is put into positions where he uh, he could be blamed for it. The, the, the dots are there to be connected to make it seem like he has done this. And there again, it, it would have been an interesting way to do this where, uh, and maybe not so original, maybe it's been done, but I know it's, it's this sort of thing has been done before, but play more into the, is he going crazy? And did he really do this? If uh, I thought if uh, both movies would have doubled down on that, would have been, been a little more interesting, but, but I'm not a filmmaker. And, uh, and these folks are, and it was still uh, really good whether they did. I just thought that would have been an interesting angle to, to take these movies. But at any rate, uh, lots of death, lots of destruction. It, again, it's it's one of those things where uh, the Candyman, uh, not everybody sees him. And there is one scene where uh, Anthony goes to this art critic's house, uh, Finley Stevens, played by uh, Rebecca Spence. And he leaves because he sees the Candyman in a mirror and the scene, the death scene, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> the death scene for this Finley Stevens character is so haunting. Uh, I won't get into too much detail, but they pan out of this big, like big uh, picture window or sliding glass door or window, whatever. And you're outside of this apartment um, and you see her. Uh, being killed and it's one of those things where uh, the candy man's doing something uh, he's killing someone but you don't see him and you don't hear anything because you're outside the apartment you're from the perspective you hear the street noises and things like that but you don't hear what's going on inside of the apartment and seeing her uh, being lifted up and, and killed without anything even being there was so that was was spooky it was creepy it was uh, it was it was quite scary to to watch that, and knowing that you're so removed from it, but you're you're so right there, and it was such a, a well conceived scene, and a uh, a scene that uh, just really amped up the tension, amped up the atmosphere, amped up the stakes, and uh, probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie was was that scene where uh, where. Uh, the uh, Finley Stevens character, again played by uh, Rebecca Spence, uh, where she she meets her untimely demise, was uh, was really good. Uh, and then, of course, you know it all culminates in this showdown where um, Anthony uh, he goes to find out more from from William Burke, and William Burke. Uh, essentially abducts him I, if i remember, remember i saw this a couple days ago and uh, trying to remember this correctly because i couldn't take notes in a dark movie theater but uh, uh brianna played by uh tayana paris uh, she's she's trying to find anthony 
uh, because she knows something's wrong. His his artwork is refre- reflecting his mental uh, breakdown. Uh, he's starting to to look horrible. Uh, Anthony has met his uh, met up with his mother. They have a, a an estranged relationship. And Anne Marie, uh, played by Vanessa Williams, makes uh, her return to the Candyman franchise, which which I thought was a, a great touch to tie in one of the original actors. Um, from the original movie back into the, especially when you have Anthony, uh, the little baby that was saved in the first one, uh, to have uh, Vanessa Williams come back and just kind of, you know, they could have easily got somebody else, but that would have just been ridiculous and and not been such a, like I said, a great tie-in to the 92 Candyman film. And uh, she shows up and and kind of tells Anthony he was never been aware of his ties to the Candyman. He didn't realize that uh, you know he was uh, essentially marked by the Candyman. Um, didn't realize that uh, his mother knew all about the Candyman, and uh, he leaves very upset. But uh, at any rate, uh, William Burke has, has abducted Anthony. Uh, They've gone to the uh, the Cabrini Green area, and uh, Burke's essentially become like a a disciple of Candyman without really being. A, he wants to make the name mean something again. He wants to make people uh, remember the Candyman, and he's going to use Anthony as essentially a sacrifice. Um, he's called the cops and told them there's this madman with a hook hand, and he chops off Anthony's hands and puts the hook into his hand and puts this, you know, the the traditional Candyman pimp coat. Uh, it's, you know, uh, Tony Todd wore this long coat with the fur line, Um the in the first one, the Sherman Fields character has this long coat uh, with the the collar, and uh, and apparently that's that's what you wear when you're the Candyman. It's it's a much cooler look than what was described in the Clive Barker Forbidden uh, short story because that looked like some Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat sort of patchwork. Uh, <laughs> looking outfit that he had on in that so i'm glad they've uh, they went with a a different look uh, in the costume design for Candyman in both 92 and in 2021 because i think it looks much better than the way clive barker uh, wrote it but uh brianna manages to uh escape uh because she was tied up in the church by uh by william and Brianna stabs, uh, you know, William Burke to death. Uh, Anthony, you know, kind of collapses into her arms. The police show up and shoot him on the spot. Uh, yeah, how many times have we seen things like that in the news? Uh, very, very timely. Very much uh, what's going on in society these days, and 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 really to the point of the point being try being made here. Um, Brianna's arrested, handcuffed, uh, the officer in the car with her attempts to intimidate her. She can either corroborate their story that, uh, you know, he was aggressive when they showed up, so they had to shoot him, which he wasn't, or they could, you know, pin her as being an accomplice, accomplice. And she essentially says that, uh, you know, she'll, She'll corroborate their story. She just needs to see herself in the mirror. And when she does, she says Candyman five times. And Anthony 
who is now the new Candyman. And they kind of play off this in in the movie that and, and it kind of culminates with this scene that there wasn't just one Candyman. Uh, Burke even has a little bit of a monologue about this. There have been many candy men throughout history. Uh, it all started with the Tony Todd, Daniel Robitaille Candyman. Uh, but there have been others. In the 70s, it was the Sherman Fields Candyman. They had uh, other Candyman throughout history. And now, um, Anthony McCoy is this new Candyman. And he uh, kills all the cops that were there uh, that that killed him. And, and he tells... Uh, Brianna to tell everyone. And of course they do this uh, scene uh, really cool because uh, these bees swarm Anthony's face. And when they disperse uh, before he tells her to tell everyone, uh, once the bees disperse, it's, it's actually Tony Todd's face. Uh, they did some de-aging to make him look like he did in 92. Um, but that's, it's the Tony Todd version of Candyman that tells uh, Brianna to uh, to tell everyone. So, uh, not the not the return to the franchise that I think a lot of people were hoping for with Tony Todd, but a very cool nod to uh, to the character, to the actor who who did so much for the original Candyman. The original Candyman was uh, was so haunting. Uh, and, and it almost sometimes sympathetic and in other times, uh, terribly, terribly frightening. He just had this, um, a very Gothic feel to the character and in the way he spoke, uh, in the, the calmness of his delivery, the hauntedness of his delivery, just uh, Tony Todd really brought life and made the Candyman uh, a frightening figure in in that first film. And uh, to to see him come back, at least for that little bit of a scene, uh, was was a great nod to the original films and a great way to. I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know. I'm assuming they're gonna do more Candyman. Uh, why would you reboot the series if you're not doing more Candyman movies? Uh, I don't know whether Tony Todd is gonna be involved in any of those Candyman movies. But if this is the last uh, time we see Tony Todd as Candyman. Uh, I thought that was a great uh, nod to the original, a great nod to the actor and to the fans uh, who loved the Candyman uh, movies, and uh, especially that first one from '92, which I, I think uh, until this one was the was the best. Uh, the, the sequels had mixed reviews. Uh, the third one was kind of a direct-to-video thing, uh, but uh, but the original Candyman from '92 was truly a terrifying uh, movie, a, a very scary movie. Um, this one I thought did a great job in, in keeping the spirit of the candy man, uh, terrifying. Uh, the death scenes were, were really, uh, very tension driven, um, filmed so very well. I mean, each one of them was, was scary and creepy and, and, and violent and gruesome and uh, without without being too, you know, there there's gross out horror, and then there's is bloody horror. Uh, this was bloody horror. This was uh, um, 
sound design. It was probably more gruesome in sound design because you hear all that that flesh ripping and bone breaking and and being gutted without having to uh, have a bunch of blood and guts spilling everywhere. There there was a fair share of blood and guts, but it was uh, it was done just so very well, and and the acting was uh spot on yahya abdul mateen the second uh i think did a fantastic job carrying this movie and uh i'm i'm excited to see more uh candy man from him uh, i think he's going to make a great uh titular character to this movie franchise uh Tayana Paris, which, uh, yeah, I was a fan of hers uh, from before this. Loved her in WandaVision. Can't wait to see her in more of the Marvel movies and, and TV shows going down the line. But uh, she was uh, she was great as Brianna. Uh, you know, all the all the side characters in this were, were really good as well. Uh, you know, uh, Coleman Domingo played a fantastic uh, character. I, you know, of course, he met his untimely demise, uh, so we probably won't see him coming back. But uh, Nathan Stewart, Jarrett, and uh, and Kyle Kaminsky were were great. Add add a little bit of levity when you need it. That's that's one of the things uh, that I've always said about horror and comedy. It, two sides of the same coin and you spin that coin right and they both blend together nicely and complement each other uh the problem i think with a lot of horror movies is that they try to throw comedy into portions of the movie or the show when it should be scary um and that takes you right out of the horror. That takes you right out of the terror when you got somebody cracking jokes in the middle of something that should be frightening and uh and that's what I loved about this movie because they did it right. The scary moments were terrifying. They were s- serious, uh, for lack of a better term, and and you were in it. You were you were scared. You were creeped out. You were spooked. Uh, and then they had funny moments that they left to be funny away from the from the terror. And, and I think that's what you need. You need those bits of levity to break the tension of, of a scary movie. But you need to keep those uh, separate. You need to keep those uh, in their own special place in the movie. And, and away from the terror and away from the scariness. And that way, you know, it can be a scary movie that you're not taken out of right of way. Uh, in the middle of the most terrifying parts. And I thought uh, Naya DaCosta did a perfect job with that. The screenwriters uh, did a did an excellent job with that. Of course, Jordan Peele, uh, part of the screenwriting team and the production team, Naya DaCosta, uh, Wynn Rosenfeld, uh, writers on this. And uh, they did a, a really good job um, of writing a, a good story. The, one of the things that... Um, I didn't like about the first one, like I said, it got a little confusing as to the motivation of the Candyman. What was it that the Candyman wanted? Uh, this one, I don't think there was any um, any confusion on that part because they they didn't scrap the the love story between uh, you know Daniel Robitaille and Helen. Uh, but they didn't make that the focus. That was the focus of the first one. And in retconning it, that there wasn't just one Candyman. There were multiple Candyman. You had a lot of different stories to tell there. Uh, they chose to uh, focus on the, the story of this uh, Sherman Fields character. 
uh, who was was killed by uh, racist cops, uh, essentially. And that's that's the story. You know, that's that's Jordan uh, Peele. Uh, that's a big part of uh, of stories that he wants to tell because that is uh, a part of society right now. That's front and center in society right now. Um, the one thing I, I if I did have a critique on it. Um, I hope they don't make Candyman into some sort of uh, avenging angel against uh, racist cops sort of character. Um, because one, not all cops are racist. Let's, you know, we, we got to stop focusing so much on, on the bad. You know, you focus on the, the bad cops that do horrible things and they need to be dealt with. Uh, they need to be, you know, called out. But, you know, there are a lot of great cops out there. Just like there's a lot of great uh, people in this group and that group. You know, you can't you can't let the... Uh, there's horrible people in all corners of society. Every color, race, creed, uh, religion, profession. There are bad people in, in all of them. And, uh, you know, they need to be called out for their actions. But we also have to recognize that there are good people in all races, colors, creeds, religions, and professions as well. So I, I don't want to see this movie franchise turn into Candyman's an Avenging Angel for uh, racism, uh, racist cops, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, not to say that's not justified. Not to say that that sort of character isn't necessarily, uh, you know needed to be depicted in film or television but if you if you make him uh essentially a hero if he's a hero a folk hero for for people then he no he's no longer scary uh he may be scary for the people he's trying to kill but for everybody else yeah you know, that's that's the one thing that uh that i disliked about horror and slasher films as we got into the 90s is because uh freddy krueger all of a sudden, he's cracking jokes while he's killing people, and everybody's rooting for Freddy. He's no longer scary anymore. He's just, you know, he's uh, he. We want to see uh, him kill somebody in a funny way with a funny little punchline at the end of it. Uh, Jason, uh, all he does is kill just some of the most annoying teenagers uh, known to man, some of the most uh, depraved behavior in teenagers known to man, and you start, yeah, you, you hate the the quote-unquote protagonist so much that you want the the monster to kill them and that's where friday the 13th went uh you know it just got to the point where you stop rooting for the good guys and you start rooting for the slasher to kill people and that's not scary uh that's not horror and i don't want to see that happen with this because this is uh this is a great storyline. This is a good franchise to be built on. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is, uh, I think, uh, going to do a great job with this character. I'm so excited to see uh, what we get in the future from Candyman. But like I said, I just I don't want to see it kind of... I don't want to see this character made into something that's not scary. And if he's an avenging angel, that's not scary. But... All in all, like I said, uh, that aside, and that's just a worry for the future of the franchise, uh, a concern for the future of the franchise. I, I, I hope they don't play off the racism uh, so much so, because uh, I, I think this is a great, uh, you know, horror is a great 
and, and science fiction and fantasy are great venues and, and great vehicles for for pointing out uh, racism and social injustice and uh, you know crimes against humanity. Twilight Zone, uh, the original Rod Serling series. Uh, did that so well with such a deft hand. And I think in this day and age, it, it can be a little heavy handed. And, uh, and I, I hope that, uh, you know, the heavy handedness, it gives way to more nuanced approaches, uh, because, you know, nobody wants to be preached to, you know, uh, it, it's kind of one of those situations where, uh, less is more. You know, when you're beating somebody over the head with something, it takes you out of the movie. When you see a scene where uh, a line is given that, oh, yeah, that's that's true. That makes me think. Uh, when I'm being beaten over the head with a, an issue, uh, all I'm like is, okay, okay, stop, stop the preaching and let's get back to the slashing. Uh, hopefully, and, and, and that's not to say they did that. They weren't uh, terribly heavy-handed uh with you know the the racism issue in this movie it was certainly front and center but they let the horror be the horror they let this be a scary movie and not a um you know a dissertation on race relations and and police violence and 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 that sort of thing uh to you know to their credit uh like i said i just don't want to see it become uh just a a vehicle for um you know, preaching about racist cops, uh, that sort of thing. Um, because I think this is going to be a very uh, fun series. And, and my fun, I don't mean jokes and jokes and jokes. I mean, this is going to be a fun series because uh, there's so much potential. Uh, just in, in the, the scenes that we got to see in Candyman 2021, the death scenes were just so well done and so interesting and uh, I, I'm excited for more of that uh, because, uh, like I said, uh, Naya DaCosta did a spectacular job in directing this. And, and like I said, the writing team uh, wrote a great script. It was so fun. You, you bought into the characters. You bought into the story. The story was well-formed. Um, you know, these were characters. These weren't just uh, your run-of-the-mill you know, uh, stereotype characters from a horror movie. Everyone, you know, was complicated characters with uh, with complicated uh, backstories, and you know, they were interesting and they were real. I think that's that's one of the things I liked about it is these uh, these characters felt real. They felt lived in. They felt like you know they had relationships prior to this movie, and uh, that to me that's a uh, that's one part writing other part the acting uh, directing in there some you know the directors i think do a great job uh, of uh, of helping to perpetuate these sort of uh, relationships between characters in in their direction but uh, just a, a well done movie a scary movie man i tell you what i was in the movie theater i went to see a matinee i like to go see a matinee uh, when i can uh, as early as possible that way it's just me in the movie theater and i can focus on the movie there was me and like a couple a few rows behind me we were the only ones there and uh 
it was a it was a spooky movie to to be in an empty theater like that and you know you're kind of looking over your shoulder down the road to, to see if you know i didn't want to see tony todd standing there with a hook hand <laughs> coming to get me sort of situation but uh uh just a, a great movie a great date movie because there are some jump scares in there so i encourage everyone uh check out Candyman the series uh Check out the 1992 version of Candyman. Tony Todd, uh, he is he's iconic in that role. Um, check out the sequels. Like I said, I've heard mixed. I haven't watched the sequels. Uh, uh, there was uh, the one theatrical sequel, uh, Farewell to the Flesh, I believe it was called. Kind of went a little more into the Daniel Robitaille character and his backstory, if I'm not mistaken. One of the two. Uh, there was a third Candyman movie that came out. Uh, that was more of a direct video that one I've heard got some iffy reviews, but like I said, I haven't watched, I am going to go and watch these now, but uh, definitely watch Candyman from 1992, uh, starring the incomparable, uh, Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen, uh, check out this movie as well. Uh, Candyman 2021 it is a great, uh, like uh, that's the one of the things I understand that these movie studios, you know, they, they want to, they've got a, an intellectual property they've got properties that, uh, you know, they've made money on and they want to keep trying to make money, uh, milk that teat till it's dry sort of situation. And, uh, and they want to, they want to keep, uh, things going. So, you know, I understand that you know, a lot of a lot of film franchises are being rebooted these these days. Um, some of them not very successful. Some of them very successful. Uh, I think ones that haven't been successful is where they're trying to uh, reinvent the wheel, uh, start from scratch. Uh, the two Rob Zombie films for Halloween were uh, horrible examples of rebooting a series by. Uh, going back to the beginning and essentially redoing the first one. Same with Friday the 13th. Uh, where, you know, there's just weren't... Uh, people love those original movies. The original Halloween essentially uh, kicked off the boom of slasher films. Uh, the original Friday the 13th, uh, where it was the, you know, Jason's mom killing, just iconic. Uh, and even going into the second and third one, where it was Jason and the third, he gets the mask. It, you know, just these are iconic things. And you don't want to start from scratch. You don't want to start fresh. People already know this story. They don't want to see it again badly. Uh, I think where you get a lot of success in reboots is where you've done, uh, they did it with Jurassic uh, Park, with Jurassic World. Uh, you don't erase the past. You build off of it into the future and i think that's what they're doing with the Candyman series is they're not erasing the past they're not erasing the original one with tony todd uh they embrace that one uh but they have made uh, essentially a new Candyman, and they did it with a deft hand i thought the the, the slight retcon of there being more than one Candyman. uh i thought it was smart because uh, that allows you to bring in a new actor and bringing a new Candyman and build the franchise for the future. I thought that was done very well. And, you know, they're embracing the past of this movie uh, franchise and moving on into the future with, uh, 
with this new Candyman played by Yahya Abdul Mateen II. Uh, like I said, uh, I think he's going to do a fantastic job. I think the uh, film franchise is in good hands. Uh, hopefully, they bring back uh, Nia DaCosta. Uh, to direct it once they do a sequel, which I imagine they are going to be doing. Uh, I've heard no word, but there again, like I said, why reboot a series if you're not planning on sequels? And that's 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 the nature of uh, film studios uh, these days anymore. Is nobody does a movie. Uh, without a sequel or two planned. So uh, really excited for the future of Candyman. Excellent movie. Go see the original. Go read the source material, the uh, short story novella uh, called The Forbidden by Clive Barker. And definitely, most definitely, check out this new Candyman from 2021, uh, directed by uh, Nia DaCosta. You will not be disappointed. This is a, a fun movie in all the most frightening ways. So I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to my thoughts on Candyman, the 2021 film. Uh, coming up on Thursday, we've got a brand new podcast episode on American Horror Stories. Of course, I, I've been a fan. You know, it has its its uh, rabid fans and it's got its rabid detractors. But uh, the American Horror Story uh, TV franchise has, uh, it's been good. It's had some good seasons it's had some not so good seasons but i've been excited about this uh, this new take on it with american horror stories where they do a season of uh essentially standalone episodes and uh, i've been excited to watch this and i'm excited to talk all about it and uh, you know it's kind of a Candyman tie-in vanessa williams who plays uh amory mccoy in both Candyman 92 and uh, 21 yeah, it makes an appearance in American Horror Stories. So excited to talk about that coming up on Thursday. So uh, be listening for that. Check us out on Facebook, our Facebook fan page, where we're going to keep you updated on all the upcoming episodes. I'm scouring the uh, internet for interesting stories about horror, fantasy, and science fiction, uh, movies, TV shows, books, um, all that stuff coming out. Uh, might even throw in a, a meme or two for you, but uh, always trying to keep everyone uh, up to date on everything that is haunting the uh, silver screen, the TV screen, the bookshelf, or whatever you have. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, tune in next Thursday for another edition of uh, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So until we meet again. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!